Welcome to the Health and Biz Bites podcast. I'm your host, Mike Beverly. Thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is dedicated to individuals and professionals who desire to learn more about the subject and business aspects of non-traditional technologies and approaches to better health and vitality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and we're delighted to have you back with another episode of Health and Biz Bites. I'm your host, Mike Beverly, and today we are honored to have Dr. Gigi Arnaud as our guest. And Dr. Arnaud is a former professional dentist of many years, but she has had a life shift, and we're going to let her tell you about that. But uh, Gigi, tell our audience a little bit about who you are, your background, how you got into the field of dentistry, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Wow. Okay. That's great, Mike. Thank you. Hi. Nice to be here. Um, you know, <laughs> I was a dentist for over 30 years. Mike is being nice. You know, over definitely over 30 years. And I uh, did that for most of my career. And I had a practice, a private practice in New York. Uh, but I was, and I enjoyed it because I liked working with my hands. I loved working with people, but I always loved the people part of things, right? And the psychological part. And that's what really interested me. So after many years, about 20 something years ago, I was getting a lot of patients who were phobic. I had a lot of, because I speak different languages, I had a lot of people from France, a lot of people from different countries, and a lot of them were phobic. So I decided, okay, let me see what I can do. And I decided to, you know, to learn hypnosis, which at first I didn't know that much about, but then I started finding it fascinating. I studied with mostly psychologists, therapists, and then I continued. So I became a certified hypnotherapist so I could help my patients. But then on this side, I started doing it for other things. It wasn't just for dental phobia. People wanted for flying phobias. They wanted for stress reduction for confidence building, for you know, anxiety reduction, panic attacks, all that. Then with eating, all kind of weight loss, eating disorders, and so on. So I learned that, but I was always fascinated with how things work, psychology. And this is a funny story, but I was living in New Jersey where I raised my son, and a neighbor of mine came up to me and she said, you know, there's this new field called coaching. <laughs> and and I didn't know much about it then. It was more than 20 years ago. It really wasn't known. And she said, I think you'd be good at it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, tell me what it is. And she said, it, you, you're, you're curious about people. I really am curious about people's stories and how they got to where they were and how they think. And, um, and she said, you listen, you don't judge, you know, you don't judge, you ask questions. And that's, see, that's pretty much what coaching is. And, um, I looked into it and then I decided to get certified in that. So I did that on the side also. So I've been doing these things for many years, but I didn't have a chance because I was raising my son and also my practice. So that was a lot. Um, and then about three and something years ago, I decided, okay, that was enough with the dentistry. Uh, it was time to put that aside. And I did, and I sold my practice and that went okay. And this was all during COVID. And I, 
decided to learn more about online business and all that, you know, I'm, I'm a student clearly. <laughs> and so I decided to go all the time, full-time into coaching and hypnosis. And I decided to focus on mindset coaching because I find it all fascinating, you know, psychology, neuroscience, intuition, creativity, um, epigenetics, all this stuff, body and mind connection, which I always believed in, subconscious and conscious mind connection, which I always believed in. So it's wonderful because it's the, this kind of coaching and hypnosis together really helps people to align with who they really are First of all, first figuring out who they really are, align with who they really are, their passions, their priorities, their purpose, and start changing or upgrading their thought patterns and belief patterns to align with who they really are and re where they really want to go in their lives. And so it's a lot of work, you know, it's habit building and, and repetitive. It's fascinating stuff. And Honestly, I'm just loving it. And I also now have time finally to do some art, <laughs> which I've always loved. Um, I did dancing, I did acting, but I never had time for this. And so now I'm doing um, acrylic painting and collage, a lot of color and and loving it. You know, it's, it's wonderful, it's creative and it uh, gives me the joy and bliss and flow that, you know, my I want my clients to find. That's wonderful. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if this were a video podcast, which it will be in January, but right now it's not, and <laughs> you would be able to see some of the amazing art that Gigi has painted that, that I noticed. And we spent a good bit of our conversation preparing for this podcast, admiring her extremely beautiful artwork and her talent in the field of art. But uh, Gigi has just, you know, just the preliminary conversation that you and I had a few days ago or last week when we met, I could tell that you were vivacious, spirited. And, and I can assure you that if you had ever been my dentist, I would never have wanted <laughs> to go anywhere else. And, and I'm sure I'm sure you found that to be true with your own patients, right? They were loyal and loved coming to visit you. You know, that's so sweet. First of all, thank you for the compliments on the art. And with the dentist, it's funny that you say that because, you know, look, there are good dentists, not so good dentists, but most dentists are good, right? But it's really who you have, uh, like you said, who you have a feeling for or connection with, right? So I used to play with like a funny thing because when I you know, left dentistry, what my patient said to me is, gosh, Dr. Arno, I miss your music. <laughs> I always put music on to relax people. And I did, it sounded weird then, but it was breathing techniques. Like I would, as I'm, you know, giving them the anesthesia, a lot of people don't like the shot, the anesthesia, I would have them do breathing. <laughs> and I would say to them, I know it sounds crazy, but just trust me and just do it. And they would do it and it helped them in other parts of life. So and it was, I was talking a lot and kind of coaching. So it was enjoyable. That thing was enjoyable. Then you had to do the dentistry, which in itself is very focused and quite technical and all that. So that's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. But I was just curious as you were talking about being a dentist and I knew mm -hmm. you, you were, mm -hmm. when, when did you decide at what age did you decide that's the route you wanted to go with mm. your career path? 
Well, that's an interesting and little complex question, Michael. So, um, because I really didn't know. <laughs> that was basically it. I went to college. I'm really, to be honest, as a person, I'm more of a right brain person. So just to to tell people, you know, le I, I call it LL. Left brain is logical, rational, systematic kind of mind. And the right is the intuitive, creative. Okay, so I have a right brain and usually most dentists have a left brain. So it wasn't like natural for me. You know, I, I'm not gonna say, but I worked hard. I was a good student. I wanted to work with my hands. I, did, I always enjoyed that. Um, and I enjoyed working with people. And honestly, I went into it, a lot of it was, a kind of, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And literally, you're going to laugh, but I was going out with somebody and I actually said to him, who would ever want to be a dentist? And he reminded me of this years later when I became a dentist <laughs> and he is too. And his father was a dentist and his father liked me and he sat me down and he said, Gigi, I think you should think about dentistry. I'm like, what? Like who would want to be a dentist? <laughs> I didn't say that to him. But he said, no, I think you'd be good at it. And there weren't many women then. So I did. And I wasn't encouraged that way, you know. And he said to me, I think you'd be good. You're good with your hands. You like with people. You like the idea of being independent. You could work full time or part time. You could be your own boss. And then my eye, you know, my ears started perking up. I said, oh, yeah. And he told me to, if I was interested, to volunteer, which was a really good piece of advice, which I would give to a lot of young people or older people looking to change careers. I did volunteer at NYU where I eventually went to school and see if I could do it or liked it. And I do recommend this to people because when people go into careers, they don't really know what it's like. And to be honest, as a dentist, I really didn't until I became a dentist. Dentistry is quite a grueling career, physically, mentally, emotionally. It's not, I didn't know a lot of this when I went in, but I, I would recommend to people, if you're thinking about a career, you're not quite sure, volunteer somewhere or go work a little bit in it and see if you really like the everyday part of it, <laughs> not the idea of it, you know. That's, that's wonderful advice. And uh, that my grandfather made that suggestion to me. And even though I was extremely talented in music and didn't know that I was dyslexic until I was a freshman in college and why I was having such struggles academically. Both my father and my grandfather wanted me to become a, a lawyer, an attorney. Right. And, and I I knew and speaking with a couple that I knew in our hometown in Virginia, that it was a lot of a lot of work, a lot of writing, reading, 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 all of that. And so that was and music came to me. It was I was just like it was unbelievably easy for me wow. compared to everything else. So so that's where I gravitated and ended up being a band teacher and professional musician as a result. And I don't know if I could have ever gotten through law school with my reading problems and uh, cognitive. I, I couldn't comprehend very well at that time because I couldn't read and it was a struggle. And I, yeah. I, I literally had a mental shutdown about it. So, so that's great advice to people to. And, and like, you know, I love what you're saying. Excuse me for interrupting. I love what you're saying because in our generations, listen, you know, my parents were immigrants. So, you know, it was be practical, make a living. It wasn't necessarily do what you love. And like today, you know, nah, nah, nah. 
which is good. I'm also practical. I also think people have to make a living, <laughs> but do what they love. So our, in our day, it was like, do that, you know, do those practical kind of things. Mm-hmm. Now we, yes, we have to be practical because especially if you're living in New York City, because it's expensive, <laughs> but you also can combine it these days. There's more openness to combining it with what you love or what you're naturally good at. Like you are naturally good at music, clearly. And that's wonderful, you know, to use your natural gifts and abilities, right? Right, right. Yeah, it was it was a true blessing for me. It got me out of high school because if if I I don't think if I'd not been in a performing group and had such a driving band teacher that encouraged me, and when I would be in trouble because of you know I was I was a little bit of a troublesome child, I think looking back. But also academically, he would he would say, you know, if you don't get your grades up, I'm not going to let you be in band. And that's all it took for me because that was my life. And, you know, I'm going to mention something because just this week I was talking about this. We went to a we have this reunion party of people. Can you believe from my high school, which is a long time ago? And some of them are very accomplished, interesting people. And we were having this talk about how teachers change your life. And I, like you, had a, te- a French teacher who completely changed my life. And so let's just thank, I, I, I have to thank, I think teachers, we don't give them enough credit. They can be so, just one teacher can change you and change your whole life. So thank God for them. That's all. I, I'm with you. Thank you for mentioning that, Gigi. So now, um, how long ago did you sell your practice? About, gosh, like three, uh, three and a half years ago. Okay. Okay. Was it, was it a hard transition to give that up after? Okay. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) I I was absolutely ready. You know, as I said, it's a, I like the dentistry, but honestly, my passion is more what I'm doing now. Um, That's more naturally who I am. So I, I miss my patients. I have, you know, I, I miss them as people, but I honestly don't miss the everyday stuff of dentistry. It's quite nerve wracking. You know, you have to always watch time. You always, it's very focused. It's, you know, detail, detail, detail. And also, I mean, people don't see me, but I have arthritis. So it's, it got, it started getting really hard and I was, I didn't want to hurt anybody or myself. So uh, I was ready, honestly, I was going to wait a little longer, but I, I was ready and I, really love what I'm doing now. It's more in line with who I am, right? So, and I find it fascinating. So, and I, it's a different way of helping sort of, you know, uh, like by nature, clearly I'm a helper, healer and a creative, but this is, instead of helping your smile (laughs) and your oral health and the rest also, it's related to the rest of your body. This is more your, you know, mental, emotional and physical health. It's a different part of health and well-being let's say you know Uh, and it's obvious from your tone of voice and i i that's why i'm going with a video podcast in the future because it's it's wonderful to see people's reactions and ladies and gentlemen if you could see the smile on Gigi's (laughs) face and you know and and her hand movements you know (laughs) you, you can tell that she's very passionate about what she does and i'm sure that's been true your whole life. Uh, probably as a child, people would say, you, you're just all into it, everything you do. Not everything, but yes, but most. Yes, that's a good, uh, yeah. I, I'm, 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 
let's say, an energetic person, uh, New York, you know, full of whatever. And uh, yeah, I have always been energetic and and passionate. Yeah, and more thing, you know, about some things more than others, like everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, you know, uh, just just getting to know you a little bit, I could I could sense that whatever you decide to do, professional salesperson, real estate developer, whatever you <laughs> endeavor to do, you would do it to the fullest and be successful at it. Because you're sweet. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. so, so where where did this drive and this passion is, mm. is it part of your upbringing from your parents, grandparents? Where do you oh, think what it a came good from? Question. What a good question. I never thought of that. That's a great question. Um, wow. Hmm. Now, it's, so my pet, my back, you know, my family story is a little complex. So uh, I'm just going to tell you that my parents were French immigrants who uh, came to the United States. My father came with his parents in the late 40s. My then he met my mother in France and she came 53, so before I was born. And um, so it was complexity in the family because we, they, my parents were French Jews who, you know, were children during the Holocaust. They were hidden children. So there was a lot of trauma, clearly, <laughs> and a lot of emotion, sadness, anger, anxiety in the family and the upbringing. So I guess, you know, there was energy, it was a lot of anxiety and energy. Um, but I think I was always like that. I uh, was a gymnast, you know, I was always like cartwheeling around. <laughs> I think I had a lot of energy probably to release. <laughs> and uh, I, the drive, I don't know. I mean, my parents always encouraged us. I mean, because they didn't have the opportunity, there was no way we were not going to college. It's like, no matter what you have to do, I don't care, you're going and you're going to and I think I myself was always a, a little, I was always self-disciplined and a bit ambitious, you know? So I think I was always like that, no matter what I did, when I did gymnastics, when I did, you know, whatever, I'd like to do it I, as fully as I could. And, um, but as I got older, then I, I think this is what's really important. This is what I love about the coaching. I started determining what really I loved and what I didn't. So I didn't have to spend so much time on the things I didn't like as much, you know, although we all have to do things we don't like as much with work or whatever, you know, I, I started being pickier about what I decided to focus on and turn my passion to. But, you know, and now it's a different stage of life for me. I'm, you know, in another chapter, my kids are grown up. <laughs> I don't have to, <clears throat> excuse me, worry as much about finances and all that, right? With kids and colleges and all that stuff, which we know is costly in the United States. And so I can have a more relaxed life also. But I, I yeah, I'm the kind of person, I, there's so much to learn in this world. I, you know, I, I think we could live till 120 and, and, and there's so much to learn. This curiosity to me is such a big thing. Being curious, when people say they're bored, I'm thinking, are you kidding? There's so much to do in the world, so much to see travel, open your eyes, look at the people next to you. They're fascinating. You know, there's always stuff to learn. So, but I, and I, I'm not going to say I always had it easy. I'm, I haven't been always positive, passionate. That passion can go all different ways, right? So 
I don't want to say life has been a breeze. It has not. It's been up and down and quite challenging like most other people. It sounds sounds like you've lived a life like a lot of us have. Or and... not, or seven or eight or nine, right? Like all of us, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right? But that's, that's one of the things that... Uh... Uh, motivated me to ask you to be on the podcast because I, I could just I could just tell you had an interesting story but also you were passionate about life and as you know I may have shared with you when we initially met people are asking me you know why at 70 Mike are you so passionate about what you do and I said when you impact people at the level that I do and whether there's a financial reward or not. And I mean, we all need money and, yeah. you know, enjoyed yeah. that, but I would do it even if I didn't get paid. Mm -hmm. But uh, a friend of mine asked me in the last six months, when are you going to retire? He's a retired teacher. And, and, you know, if I had stayed in education, this, I would have been retired by now as well, but I, I left that and went on to do other things, but he's, he's really pressing me. When are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? And I said, Jerry, how about this? If I have to put a date on it, I'm almost 70. Uh, how about when I'm 95? That's exactly <laughs> Or you could say, you know what I say to people when they say, <laughs> I think that's great. What, when they say to me, oh, you retired. I said, this is what I do. I say, first of all, I don't like the word retire. Okay, so in French, because I have French parents, retire means retirer, means to pull back. I don't like that idea. I'm not pulling back from life. It was, and in our parents' day, our grandparents' day, you know, it was pulling back. But we're not the same at that age that they were. And I have no, uh, what I, I, I have no idea that I'm going to ever pull back. So when I say I retired from dentistry, yes even though people, believe it or not, still ask me dental questions. And I say, I'm not taking any responsibility because <laughs> I don't keep up anymore. But uh, you should never pull away from life. So I retired from dentistry, but now I'm a coach and hypnotherapist. I'm doing that and painting. And the people I see who are aging well are the ones who are keeping busy. Like you, you know, having a passion, having something that interests them. It keeps our minds upgraded because we that's the work I do I help people upgrade your mind upgraded your body and your spiritual health emotional health when you're involved in life and part of it I think it makes a big difference I do personally like you no you're absolutely right and and thank you and what what an amazing definition of say it in French again well in French the word retire like retire the word retirer, if you, if you do the same word, you add an R, it's, it's to pull back, retirer. Like, tirer is to pull, retirer is to pull back. And it's probably what it comes from in English. And I thought, why do I have to pull back from life? I feel I'm okay. Even if physically I'm not as, you know, good as I was. And, but my mind, you know, I, I think I'm better emotionally than I ever was, right? And mentally you want to keep going and i and we still have so much to give michael why not this is the time i think to give to to, to 
to help others, you know, to establish meaning in our own lives and help for other people's. I think this is the perfect age. I don't agree with this retired thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and as you were describing it just now, I'm thinking we need to buy a billboard on Times Square <laughs> and put that up there and say, don't pull back. Don't pull back. Wouldn't Come that on. be that's a great idea. That's so funny. But yeah, no, really. And the, this thing of, and also, you know, our generations, you know, you're not older. This It's not the same. And like you said, the practical part of things is that I'm a baby boomer generation, right? So I have to say, I was looking at statistics, 70, like 76% of this generation has to work. They don't have enough money. So it's also the money. You know, some some people need money, some don't. But whether you do or not, keeping in the world is not is I think personally a good idea. But everybody has their own to each their own in this area, right? Exactly, exactly. But but the I I think our generation because I'm a baby boomer. I was born in '53, and um, I think we've been sold a bill of goods. <laughs> I really do. You know because. Uh -huh. Because I have, I have a friend that retired about three years ago. And I said, what are you going to do now? And his response was, nothing. I'm going to catch up on all the Westerns that I've missed. I'm going to do this. I mean, basically, he's saying, I'm going to sit on my butt yeah. and watch TV all day. And I, I, I know his wife. I said, how is she going to react to that? And he goes, I don't care. I deserve it. I said, you deserve a break. No question. You know, after being in education over 40 years, you deserve a break. Anyone would. But okay. but what you're prescribing or what you're what you're telling me your 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 DMO is going to be, your daily method of operation is a prescription for an early grave. And he said, Oh, you know, he was giving me the grief about that. I said, I'm I'm really sincere about that. And and now I see him three years later, he's not moving very well. See? He's he's just, it's not and it's good. also, it's also, exactly, it's also, look, look, I'm going to, you know, I get, <laughs> after so many years in dentistry and running around my whole life, it was like, and this was during COVID, it was actually good for me to sit still for a little bit. And also I was getting, honestly, surgeries. I had joint surgeries, so. You know, I had to sit still, <laughs> but the truth is for a little while, you need that. You need to sleep later. You need to have that freedom of, you know, different kind of lifestyle. Right. And, but to me, like the maximum that lasts is a year. And then after that, you have to like, pull. you know, you, you, you need that mental stimulation, the emotional stimulation, the physical stimulation to get out and learn things. To me, I, I'm a traveler since I'm young. So I want to just travel all over while I can. Right. So, and while I, you know, while we have the money. So yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, that was the prescription, but we know, particularly in our generation, that most people aren't happy that way. They're not happy for a long period. They may be happy for a year. Right. And then they, they find, I, I found this with people, they find they have to have things to do. That That's interesting because I've interviewed several people in the last three and a half years on zoom and several people said, yeah, I tried. I thought I could play golf every day. He said, but that got boring after a year. That's right. You know, so, 
So anyway, but speaking of travel, the, the gentleman I spoke with earlier today, as, as I told you, I started my day in Germany. Yes. And he had a picture of him climbing a summit in the Alps. And he was there with his hands in the air. And I said, I want to do that. I want to do that. I said, what I would really love is 10 years to just travel everywhere, to see things and to go to villages and do that. That That's like one of my bucket list items is to, to take 10 years and travel. You know what I'm going to tell you, Mike, can I say something? I think that's a great idea, but can I say something that I learned in my life? And I think I learned this from my father because he was the one who liked to go discover and travel. My mother was more of a stay at, you know, like she liked being home more and, but she was scared. There was a lot of fear. And I remember at one point they didn't, you know, my parents never had a lot of money to be honest, you know? And so, it, you know, my mother was always worried. And my father finally at one point said to her, that's it, you know, we're going, we're doing this, we're doing that, that's it. And he kind of made her and she said to me, now, I just want to tell you, it's sad that my mother died kind of young. She died 61. So at 60, she was diagnosed with terrible cancer and then died. And she said to me, oh my God, if I didn't listen to your father all those years, I would have done nothing. So I'm going to tell people, do not wait until retirement. Do not wait, even you, till you're older. Do it a little bit at a time. So even like I always made this thing, even I took my son all over the world. Once or twice a year, that's it. We're going somewhere. And I, you know, you can learn how to, I have tricks for saving money with flying and all that. You know, you learn how to do it because you don't have to do it for a lot of money. There are ways to do it, you know, fine, but to do it all along. So to you, I would say, yes, you can spend 10 years, but you can even go now once and another time once and another time once because we never know. We never know what life's going to bring. No, and- I, I agree. I agree. I, I just would like to start now and do it for the next 10 years. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. So always what I'm saying is always start now. Like yeah, start exactly. now. You know what? We never know what's going to be. You know, every time I was laughing with somebody, every time I go somewhere, something happens after. So this year I was in North Morocco and then they had the earthquake two months later. I was in Iceland in September and now they're having the volcano. So the, 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 a friend of mine said, oh my gosh. And I said, well, the idea is Go. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen after. That's it. That's interesting. So how did you like Iceland? It was really, I only stayed for a few days, but it was like, it was geographically interesting. Like you get there, it's hardly any trees, you know? So it's like sort of like the moon. And I loved, you know, there were geysers all over and volcanoes all over. And so it's interesting in that way. And it's also sparsely populated you know I was in September and I was wearing a coat so for me it would have been hard because I (laughs) lived in Israel for many years I like the sun and the heat it's never warm there like really warm and it's sparsely populated it's a different mentality it's very interesting people are nice interesting uh open I just found it very different. I, I love the idea that we were on the two tectonic plates, like the North American tectonic plate and the European Asian. We were like between it. That's amazing. Like the whole earth. I mean, so it's just geologically fascinating, you know, and we went to the Blue Lagoon and did the swimming and that was great. And uh, I, I found it really interesting. And we, and we looked for the Northern Lights at night. We found, you know, we did, we saw some at the end, but it was 
it, it's worth going. It's different. So again, my parents went before anybody else was going to Iceland, like, four, you know, 40 something years ago, they were on their way to Paris to see family. And my father said to my mother, it's Iceland there. Let's stop. It's a free stop. Let's stop in Iceland. And no one had gone there. And they were fascinated. They thought it was fabulous. Oh, that's... And that's why I always had it in my head, you know, to go there. So it's worth a few days. You don't need that you know, long. That's, that's one of the things that's on my... And it's costly. It's costly okay. up there. So you go for a few days. I went with a group, actually. I got, you can go with a tour group, whatever. So yeah. great. I don't know if you saw that movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, yeah. The, the newer one with... Um, the original one was Danny Kaye, which I loved. But right? this one was... What's his name? He's in my area. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. Si oh gosh, his father, uh, Stiller Mira, Stiller, Ben Stiller. Was it Ben yeah, Stiller? Yeah, 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 Ben, yeah. And so watching that movie and seeing that scenery of Iceland, I told yes. him, I said, I want to go there. I want to go That's there. That's it. it. And I didn't know that. See, you knew that. I didn't know that they had done it because they mentioned that, that that movie was done in Iceland. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd it. like it. If you like the waterfalls, rainbows, I mean, all the natural stuff. If you're yeah. a natural you're going to like it. Yeah. 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 And just like that. And in another place, my eighth grade, my seventh grade teacher rather had, when she finished college in 1948, she and three of her friends left the United States from a small town in Virginia and yeah. went to Australia for a year with wow. no money, no job. And they worked themselves Good. all over that country. Good. And so Every Friday, the last hour of every week, she told us Australia stories. And wow. so, so that's been on my list as well. So I want to go there sometime as well. But uh, but uh, we're you wrapping will. up here now, Gigi. And uh, I just want to say it's been a delight to hear your background, your story. And I am, uh, I am honored that uh, we got to meet, but I... I'm saddened that your parents had to be hidden because of their their background and being of the Jewish faith. That's disgusting. And what's going on today is even is disgusting. And that people in our country are uh, supporting the evil. That's it's like uh, a really prominent businessman. I heard a speech a couple of weeks ago. He said he's disgusted that there is a sect in our country in our world that teaches their children to hate people because of their faith and their religion it's just disgusting so i i am i'm disgusted by that as well and so so thank god your parents were hidden during the holocaust and were not subjected to that that uh horrible right time. and let's let's support that something like that or anything doesn't happen again yeah amen amen, amen. so but but now that you've transitioned into coaching, yeah, uh, and obviously you can tell folks from her responses and and her demeanor here just on this audio podcast, she's passionate about it. So where where do you see yourself going with this part of your life, Gigi? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, you never, as we know, we never know where life goes. But I do. I'm enjoying. I have mostly one on one with people and I do coaching packages and they're usually at least three months. So I really get to know people. And um, I, I just find the one-on-one -on -one fascinating. I also like groups. If people want to be in groups, we can discuss one subject or many. That's interesting too. I do like 
I'm going to start speaking again. I, I used to do speaking on hypnosis a lot, actually, with hip, with dental groups and others. But um, I would I wouldn't mind getting back to more speaking, um, and I'll do it anywhere. <laughs> I'll travel anywhere, and to keep traveling going and the art going. But the the coaching and the hypnosis, I do them both together. I'm really enjoying them, and I you know I realize you can do. At first, you know, because I wasn't used to Zoom like everybody, I thought you had to do these things in person, but I'm realizing they work really well on Zoom and even better because people feel more privacy. Uh, so I'm really enjoying keeping, I want to keep up the coaching, do it more um, and do more speaking. And I think by nature, I'm a teacher. I, 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 I like to learn and I like to share that. So speaking and, and traveling. And doing art and kids and all that stuff, grandkids and all that good stuff. Well, it. Uh, I mean, I'm not a promoter of of anything other than what I do, but uh, I could just see you speaking at multiple dental schools about the importance of hypnotherapy mm -hmm. to their their dental school students and their future. Yeah, I did do that. I did that plenty. And I did that with groups. And I worked at the New York Greater Dental meeting. But I also want to expand away, you know, not just dentists, like, because I, I, I like it for other things, you know, for, because I really think it's helpful, for, for example, for anxiety reduction, for sleep, or for, for weight. Uh, I don't like the idea of weight loss, I call it the way of eating, because I'm from French parents there's a different attitude about eating and food. And so when I work with someone with hypnosis with that, I always require that they do coaching too. So they know how to not only eat and live and work and move, but their attitude toward food and things. And knowing that a lot of it is often emotional. It all, you know, no matter what you're doing in the coaching hypnosis, it all goes back to the subconscious and the conscious and the connection of the body and mind and how to, change it for the better. That's what it all, the bottom line, it all goes that way. So the idea is to really, you know, upgrade your thoughts and feelings and hypnosis does it like subconsciously quickly and the coaching continues it. <laughs> so you repeat, repeat, repeat. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, just a uh, final question for me. Yes. Is, is there a book that you've thought about or you plan on either about your family and your parents and tell us about that. Well, thank you. What a wonderful question. I did write a book like I think 10 to 15 years ago. I don't remember that is on Amazon just to let you know, it's called sleep glorious sleep and it's tips and tools for sleeping more restfully because I had so many questions of that from my dental patients. So I do have a little book, it's by, you know, by Dr. Gigi Arnaud, it's called Sleep, Glorious Sleep on Amazon. It's, so you can look at that. I have an ebook when if people go on my website at gigiarnaud.com, they can get my free ebook. And it has a lot of exercises and practical stuff about mindset shifting. Um, I'm writing a new ebook, which I'm going to put on sale. And I am, thank you for asking that, I am also going to write a book I started about my parents thank you that about my family's story just because I think uh, we lose track that whatever happens in any of these things that happen in the world like the holocaust we lose track that people are humans and they each have a family and they each get affected and 
So what I'm doing is putting my family story together with trauma, intergenerational trauma, how it's affected me, which it has, and how it goes on for generations, unfortunately, and how we can do something about it and start breaking it. So I think that's important right now, considering, you know, things that are happening. So yeah, thanks for asking that. No, I'm I'm de- I'm delighted to ask because I thought there might be a book <laughs> coming, but I wanted to see. But uh, if someone wanted to reach out to you, Gigi, for a consult or mm-hmm. maybe to do some hypnotherapy, and I have to say that uh, I uh, I had a really bad problem with white coat syndrome, and right. and I think I shared with you that yes. Uh, a hypnotherapist helped me get over that. So, uh, so if anyone would like to reach out to just for a consult, just a chat. Yes. And uh, I how- do give, how would they do that? I'm sorry to interrupt again. They, um, I do have a free clarity call so they can call, they can book with me on my website, which is ggrno.com, G-I-G-I-A-R-N-A-U-D. And they can go on there and you can book a call, a free clarity call, which is like, 30 to 45 minutes, we get an idea of how we can work together and how I can help you, uh, whether it be hypnosis, coaching, or both, or what works best for you. Uh, so feel free to do that. And you can also be in touch. I um, I post on Instagram mostly, but also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram, I have the, the handle is at Dr. Gigiarno, D-R-G-I-G-I-A-R-N-E-U-D. And if you want my art, it's at Gigi Arno Art. <laughs> you can see some of my art. And um, really the best way is to do a free clarity call together, see in what way you know I can help you, or if not, I can refer you uh, to help you where you need to go or be. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that, Gigi. And sure. folks, I would definitely recommend you go look at her art. It is spectacular. Okay, and thank you. Very, very well done, and uh, and and I'm going to go look because I've I've got to see uh, while we're doing our Zoom here today, and I asked her about the art and found out that it was her original artwork, which is it's it's stunning. So you'll want to go there and look. But I'll have all that information in the show notes. And if you'd like to reach out to me, you can go to my website www.mikebeverly.life that's m i k e b e v e r l y .life and while there you can click the podcast tab to listen to this episode and many others in the library there and read a blog or two there's some great information there about uh, healthy living and hydration and hydration is uh, a very important thing especially now during the winter months people go ask me all the time do i need to be hydrated during the winter months even more so even more so than the winter months because in the summer months and you're sweating and you can know that you need more water the winter months you're going to be dehydrated and not know it so it's good to pay attention to that so thanks again for coming on and listening and we know that you'll receive a lot of value from the exchange here with dr Gigi arno and we hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season and have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone, and thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you're listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you happen to be listening, 
please subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and review if you choose to do so. And I'm grateful for you and that you're spending this time with me. Have a wonderful rest of your day.